Good morning to everyone. Hare Krishna. So nice to see everybody coming out on a dreary Sunday morning. As though the weather does not get in the way of your doing devotional service. And to all of you who are listening in from some distant location, we welcome you this morning also. Rupa Nogadas here with you this morning. Disciple of His Divine, of His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj. Grand Disciple of His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada. This morning, uh, if you have your books close at hand, your Bhagavatam, then I would, I would request you to get, uh, canto number one and turn to chapter 12. <clears throat> and, uh, we're going to be reading from verse number 33, text number 33. So one, twelve, thirty-three this morning. <clears throat> and before we begin, we will have invocation to the Supreme Lord. Thank you. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Gopi Janavala Bhagiri Jaya Gopi Janavalabha Girivaradhari Jashodanandana Brajajanaranjana Jashodanandana Brajajanaranjana Jamuna tira vanachari Jamuna tira vanachari Jai Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Gaura Premananda Hari Haribo Jai Om Vishnupad Paramahansa Padibhajaka Charja Hasto Tarasita Sri Srimad's Divine Loving Grace 
Abhaye Charanata Vinda Bhakti Vinata Swami Maharashila Prabhupada Ki Jayum Vishnu Pada Padamahangsa Padibajaka Charja Hastu Tadasata Sri Srimad His Divine Grace Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Gosami Maharashila Prabhupada Ki Anatta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Iskan BBT Founder Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki Iskan Guru Parampara Ki Shri Rup Shri Sanatan Bhakta Raghunath Shri Jeeva Gopal Bhakta Dasa Raghunath Sadko Sami Prabhu Ki Nama Charja Shila Haridas Thakur Ki Prem Zikaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Dittanda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasari Gora Bhakta Rinda Ki Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radha Kund Giri Govardhan Ki Shri Vandavan Dham Ki Shri Mathura Dham Ki, Shri Mayapunabhaduit Dham Ki, Shri Jagannath Puri Dham Ki, Shri Shri Radha Kalachanji Dham Ki, Ganga Devi Ki, Jamunamai Ki, Tulsi Devi Ki, Bhakti Devi Ki, Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki, Brihat Madanga Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution Ki, Nittai Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bhul, all glories to the Assembly Devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Namo Vishnupadaya Krishnapastaya Bhutale Shumati Bhakti Vedanta Swamaniti Namane Namaste Sarasvati Deve Gaurabhane Pacharine Nivasesha Shunivari Pashatade Shatarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivananottamam Devin Sadaswatim Yasan Tato Jaya Madhirayat Nasta Preshwa Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavidi Naistiki Rattarasi Mad Bhagavatam Kidai Srila Vyasdev Kidai Ganga Jal Kidai Reading from text number thirty-three of the of the first canto, chapter twelve, the chapter entitled Birth of Emperor Parichit. If you will, please. Is this text number 33 on the board this morning? All right. So if you will, please repeat with me word for word the Sanskrit. Tad abhi pretan alaksya brataro achutta chodita 
Tanam Rahinam Ajahrur Udicham Disi Burisha And now we'll re- recite it as poetry. So if you will repeat after each line with me, please. Tadapi pretam alaksya Brataro chutta chodita Dhanam prahinam ajarur Udicham disi burisha Once again, tad abipretam, no, tad abipretam alaksya, brartaro chutta chodita, tanam prahinam ajarur, udicham disiburisha. Would you chant, please? Rataro Chutta Chodita Anam Prahinam Ajahur Udicham Disipurisha Alaksham Rataro Chutta Chodita Anam Prahinam Ajahur Uricham disipurisha Alaksham Prataro chutta chodita Anam prahinam ajahrur Uricham disipurisha Aravipritam alaksham Rataro chutta chodita Anam prahinam ajahrur Uricham disipurisha All right, word for word translations. Tat is Abhipretam, wishes of the mind. Alaksya, observing. Bratara, his brothers. Achutta, 
the infallible. Who does that refer to? Krishna. The Lord Sri Krishna. Jodita being advised by Tanam riches Prahinam to collect Ajahru brought about Udicham northern DC direction Burisha sufficient Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki. Understanding the hearty wishes of the King, His brothers, as advised by the infallible Lord Krishna, collected sufficient riches from the north uh, and in brackets left by King Maruta. That was not part of the text, but it has been added in by Srila Prabhupada, by King Maruta. Report by His Divine Grace. <clears throat> Maharaj uh, Maruta, one of the great emperors of the world. Oh, we didn't, uh, we didn't repeat the uh, translation, did we? Let's do that. Understanding the hearty wishes of the king, his brothers, as advised by the infallible Lord Krishna, collected sufficient riches from the north, left by King Maruta. Okay, so this King Maruta, one of the great emperors of the world, he reigned over the world long before the reign of Maharaj Yudhisthira. He was the son of Maharaj Avichit and was a great devotee of the son of the sun god, known as Yamaraj. His brother, Samvarta, was a rival priest of the great Brihaspati, the learned priest of the demigods. Brihaspati. He conducted one sacrifice called Sankara Yagya, by which the Lord was so satisfied that he was pleased to hand over to him the charge of a mountain peak of gold on this planet. A mountain peak of gold. This peak of gold is somewhere in the Himalaya mountains, and modern adventurers may try to find it there. He was so powerful an emperor that at the day's end of sacrifice... The demigods from the other planets like Indra, Chandra, and Brihaspati used to visit his palace. And because he had the gold peak at his disposal, he had sufficient gold in his possession. The canopy of the sacrificial altar was completely made of gold. In his daily performances of the sacrificial ceremonies, some of the inhabitants of Vayuloka, the airy planets, Vayu, the demigod of, of the wind or the air, uh, were invited to expedite the cooking work of the ceremony. I guess they let the wind blow on the, on the fire that was being used for cooking to make it hotter. That's my speculation. 
and the assembly of demigods in the ceremony was led by Vishwadev. By his constant pious work, he was able to drive out all kinds... We're still talking about Maharaj Maruta. He was able to drive out all kinds of diseases from the jurisdiction of his kingdom. Can you imagine? No diseases in the kingdom of King Maruta. All the inhabitants of higher planets like Devaloka and Pitriloka were pleased with him for his great sacrificial ceremonies. Um, sometimes people ask the question, why do, why do we not see the demigods anymore? They were visible at that time. They made themselves visible at that time. And the reply has been given because there's nothing auspicious going on on this planet. But at the time of King Maruta, there was lots going on in the form of great sacrifices. And those the demigods are interested in. <clears throat> because of munificent charities and performances of innumerable sacrifices, the king of heaven, Indradev, was fully satisfied with him and always wished for his welfare. Due to his pious activities, he remained a young man throughout his life. Young man throughout his life. That's something that's uh, been attributed also to who else? Krishna. <laughs> that's right. And he reigned over the world for 1,000 years. So this was a previous yuga. Surrounded by his satisfied subjects, ministers, legitimate wives, sons, and brothers, even Lord Sri Krishna praised his spirit of pious activities. He handed over his only daughter to Maharaj Angira. Now, he's talking about he, but we can't tell who the antecedent of that word he is. You know, antecedent means the word that a pronoun refers back to. Because in the previous sentence, even Lord Krishna praised his spirit of pious activities. And then we hear, he handed over his only daughter. So we know that that cannot be Lord Krishna. Because Lord Krishna had many children, many offspring. So we're talking still about King Maruta. He handed over his only daughter to Maharishi, uh, to Maharshi Angira. And by his good blessings, he was elevated to the kingdom of heaven. First of all, he wanted to offer the priesthood of his sacrifices to learned Brihaspati. But the demigod refused to accept the post because of the king's being a human being a lesser person, uh, uh, a man of this earth. Uh, he was very sorry for this. He, being uh, the king, was very sorry for this. But on the advice of Narda Muni, he appointed Sambarta to the post, and he was successful in his mission. So in spite of Brihaspati's uh, reluctance to lead the sacrifices for King Maruta, uh, this this uh, person, Sambarta, was the priest, and he was appointed. The success of a particular type of sacrifice completely depends on the priest in charge. Are you surprised to hear that? doesn't matter so much about the person for whom the sacrifice is being made as it does the priest who is being asked to oversee the entire sacrifice. So this person apparently was Sambarta, uh, was probably, was uh, apparently very, uh, qualified to do this, fill this position. 
In this age, all kinds of sacrifice are forbidden because there is no learned priest among the so-called Brahmanas who go by the false notion of becoming the sons of Brahmanas without Brahminical qualifications. In this age of Kali, therefore, only one kind of sacrifice is recommended. And what is that? Sankirtan Jagya. That's right. As inaugurated by Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's the end of the purport. Omegana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chaksurun militam jena tasmai sri gurave nama sri chaitanya manovishtam stavitam jena bhutale svayam rupa hakada maya dadati svaparantikam. Chant with me, please. Bandeham sri guru sri dutta padagamalam sri gurun vaishnavam cha. Shri Rupam Sagradattam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitam Scha He Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Taptakan Chanagorangi, Radhe Brindavadeshwari, Vrishabanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye, Banchakalpa Tarubyascha, Kripasandubye Vacha, Patitanam Pavanebyo, Vaishnavebyo Namonama, Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitananda, Sri Advaita Garadha, Sri Vasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Nama Om Vishnu Varaya, Krishna Pistaya Bhutale, Srimate, Tamal Krishna Goswaminiti Namane. <coughs> the translation once again to this text, Understanding the Hearty Wishes of the King. His brothers advised, this is the king you were talking about here is Parikshit Maharaj. Uh, his brothers, as, uh, as advised by the infallible Lord Krishna, collected sufficient riches from the north left by King Maruta. So we have some very exalted personalities who have led the, uh, the, the activities of the entire planet uh, during the time of their reign. So um, we read these things in order for us to help help us to understand the way to have a, a peaceful society, uh, as it was stated in the uh, during the reign of King Maruta. Uh, he all the all the uh, sicknesses, the illnesses were driven from his kingdom. By, it says stated uh, in the purport by Srila Prabhupada, by his constant pious work, he was able to drive out all kinds of diseases from the jurisdiction of his kingdom. So uh, someone gave a class yesterday or day before, may have, may have been, uh, um, well, I can't, can't remember now, uh, talking about how uh, powerful the king was at that time, that any problem that came up, uh, like a Brahmana who who had lost who had lost his uh, his child, uh, and he came complaining to 
uh, I think, who was it, King Yudhisthira by that time? I think this was after the Battle of Kurukshetra. Or, or maybe it was, um, anyhow, this, I think it was in Dwaraka. He was complaining. When he came to complain, he was loudly complaining that the, how can this sort of thing happen? How can I lose my sons? And I think, what was it, six or seven of his sons were lost. And Arjuna was there at the, at the, at the palace. This is Krishna's, you know, palace city. And, uh, and so Arjuna, uh, promised to protect his son. So when it was time for him to have, I think his eighth son was, it was due to come. Ar- Arjuna was there with his bow and his arrows ready to, uh, to, uh, to take any onslaught from any, any aggressor that would come and cause the king, this man's, ordinary man's son, uh, to disappear. And so, uh, right after the child was born, uh, the child just went up into the air. And so, uh, Arjuna could, could not figure it out. And he also had made the promise to this, this, this man who was losing his children. If I cannot protect your son, I will enter fire. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it was, uh, Nityananda Prabhu giving class here that he talked about this. And, and, uh, Nityananda, and, uh, and so, Lord Krishna told Arjuna, he said, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't make such a promise as that, which, which you might not be able to keep. So anyhow, when, when, uh, Arjuna had, had assembled the, uh, the, the, uh, what, what do we call it? The pyre, the funeral pyre, and, uh, was about to light the fire and then to enter into the fire, Krishna stopped him and said, no, let's, let's try something else. So they went on Krishna's chariot. And they penetrated all the layers of the universe in Krishna's chariot. He, he with Arjuna by his side. And they came to the place where Mahavishnu, uh, this is Karanadakshai Vishnu, was lying on the bed of Sheshanaga on the Karana Ocean. This is the ocean outside the, uh, the precincts of, of this particular universe. Uh, well, all the universes actually. And, uh, and, and, uh, so after they offered their respects to Lord Mahavishnu, who had this gigantic form, you know, from whose pores of skin, of his skin, all the universes are coming. When he breathes out, all the universes, uh, leave through, leave his body through the pores of his skin. Pretty big, pretty big figure, this Mahavishnu. And so, anyhow, Mahavishnu then tells them, uh, and this is, this is strange, isn't it? It's hard to understand. He is, a, he is an expansion of Krishna, and yet here Krishna is appearing as just a, a little human being, tiny human being, in the presence of this great big form. And this great big form is an expansion of Krishna. So, but still, Krishna and Arjuna offer their respects to him. And, uh, Mahavishnu, uh, apologizes for, Having taken this, this, the sons of this Brahmin, and, uh, he told them the reason he had done so because he was not qualified to enter into the universe in his form and, and, uh, and he, and participate in the affair, in the pastimes of Lord Krishna. So anyhow, they were able to get this, uh, this person. But you see, the, the king was, was so powerful at this time. This is only 5,000 years ago when this incident occurred. 
but the king was so powerful that nothing uh, took place. No, there was no no excess of heat or or, or cold or rain. Everything was just very mild because the demigods were looking after all of the affairs during the uh, time of this king's reign. That shows you how pious he was, that he had the respect of all the demigods, said even this king Maruta during, uh, during his reign, uh, after the sacrifice was performed, he would, he would have the demigods come and personally visit his, his own palace. So it's a little surprising then the Brihaspati refused to uh, perform that sacrifice. Anyhow, we're talking about how, how to have a peaceful society. And we notice the qualities of leaders of the past. They help their subjects to live peaceful religious lives. They do not permit any irreligiosity in the kingdom. Isn't that strange? Uh, that, but in the, we understand that in the kingdom of Dwarakov, when Krishna was present there, there were society women or, or prostitutes in the society. And yet they, you know, they were given their rightful respect. They performed a necessary function in the society to help keep the men in line, keep them from going out and polluting, uh, you know, other, other girls and other women. Um, so uh, even in that situation, uh, Lord Krishna was allowing, permitting these things to happen because these these persons had a, the, these ladies had a, a role to play in the society, just like everybody else does. So uh, it was their job then, the king's job, to help them really live the peaceful religious lives. They had to assure that the populace that all of the needs of the people were being met. That there were sufficient grains, there was sufficient gold and, and garments and such to give in charity to the persons, especially to the qualified Brahmins. But then everybody's needs had to be met, even the lowest class persons of the entire kingdom. They, the kings had to provide protection. They could not let an invading king come into the kingdom and cause disturbance. They were responsible for that. And then they, we see, we saw also that they attracted great personalities to their kingdom. And this was an amazing thing because a lot of times all the people could witness these demigods coming to the king's palace. And they were just amazed by that. But we don't have, unfortunately, we don't have anything today to attract people like that. So how do we assess modern day leaders? Uh, we see that they're constantly increasing the tax burden on in individuals. If you know anything about the uh, property taxes around the city of Dallas, you know that in some cases there are many, many thousands of dollars a year just for the taxes on property that you have already bought and paid for and having to keep up. And now the city is going to charge you $20,000 a year, say, just for taxes on property. And so um, uh, they, we, we see also that the politicians, including those at the top level, you know, the senators, the representatives, the president of the United States, they're really concerned. They, they're concerning themselves with remaining in power. Um, anytime there's an election and sometimes the power gets traded over to another party from the party who had been in power before. And then, of course, the, the main goal of the politicians is to get back into power so that they can control the, the lawmaking process. That's the way it is now.
They wage war for economic interests of the businesses of the country. A lot of people think that, for example, I don't mean to be a politician here in my speaking, but I'll just give you an example. Uh, during, during the time that I was growing up and going to college, the Vietnam War was in, at full tilt. It was going on very greatly. And everybody in the, in this country were, were pretty much were convinced that, uh, the reason for the war was so that, uh, uh, we could get to the oil reserves off the coast of South Vietnam. Did you know that? Had you heard that before? Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu, did you, have you heard that before? Yeah, great reserves of oil under the ocean uh, uh, off of South Vietnam. And, of course, if, if North Vietnam, if, if I should say, if the government of all of Vietnam uh, did not permit the American businesses to come in, then America had to have some reason, the politicians had to have some reason for waging war against this little country that had never done us any harm. So many America, so many Vietnamese boys and girls were killed. And of course, American boys and girls were killed too in that battle. And they, it was opposed, supposedly to keep, um, communism from taking over that part of the world. Well, as it turns out, uh, America lost, lost the battle and had to, had to turn tail and run. Just as the French had done earlier, I understand. And the same, similar thing has happened more recently in Afghanistan that uh, there have been others who tried to go in and take over the country because uh, we understand that Afghanistan, even though it appears to be a very uh, desert country, uh, still they have minerals there. And, and one of those minerals is lithium. And what's lithium used for? Batteries. Lithium-ion batteries. In a big way nowadays, especially with the... The automobile industry switching over from uh, petroleum-based uh, fuels uh, to uh, electricity. And, of course, the electricity has to be generated somewhere, so there's got to be some kind of fuel used for generating electricity. So, anyhow, these kinds of things are going on, it, 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 and, but it's amazing to me to think back over my lifetime now and see how many times the United States has gone into... Uh, some military conflict with another country. And it's usually what's given out there is that we're protecting, keeping the world from becoming communistic. But now as looking back in retrospect, we realize that there can be a lot more issues at hand than simply trying to get somebody to believe the way we believe politically. Uh, we think that, we think in our country that capitalism is the is the best form of government, but we can see that our country itself has many problems, and even though the people uh, elect you know a different person into office every four years or so, uh, whether it be state office or, or federal office, still uh, the leaders are not able to keep the people satisfied, and we have some people in the, in our society making. Millions and millions of dollars each year in income. And it's not just because they're nice people and, and they're handsome, good-looking people or anything like that. It's because the society makes it possible for it to happen. But the society also is allowing for poverty to exist in different parts of our country. And it's a pity. We have a lot of homeless people. We have a lot of, uh, of kids growing up in uh, very bad social circumstances. 
and we wonder why children from those kinds of backgrounds uh, are the ones that populate the prisons. Should not be a surprise, should it? So this is going on uh, because the the leaders of our country are allowing irreligious activities to flourish. Now, the only reason that we have to suffer at any time is because of irreligious things that we do, that we perform, things that we've done in the past. If we're not a devotee of Krishna, that's called karma. But if we become a devotee of Krishna, and then we still have uh, some reactions left over from previous lifetimes or even from this lifetime. But what we've done in this lifetime, we have... We have uh, um, people having to suffer uh, because of one thing or another. And, you know, the tendency is to put the blame on somebody else. It's always that, isn't it? Whoever the leaders are in the society. And we, we see that also in our in our own religious communities uh, in the world. I mean, in America in particular, that a lot of times the Catholic priests or the Baptist ministers or Methodist ministers or are, are different different kinds of leaders of religious activities, you know, they're, they turn out to be corrupt. Even the papacy in Rome sometimes has had to deal with corruption, and it still is having to deal with corruption. And if it's not, if it's not the leaders of the religious organizations, then it's the, the government itself. They're allowing so many uh, activities to be performed which are irreligious. And because of that, then people are having to suffer. So... Uh, what what are the qualifications of priests, the ones who are supposed to help lead the society? Uh, first of all, they they have to. We, we're looking again in the past, like the this the people that uh, have have um, turned out to be significant uh, characters in the Mahabharat, have been priests that lived out in the woods, the Pandavas, while they were in exile. One time they were uh, with, with their mother. This was their 14-year, 13, 14-year exile. They were out in the forest, and uh, they came upon a place in, in the river, and they wanted to come in and take bath and refresh themselves. And there was a Gandharva there. Remember that story? Gandharva there that told them, that refused to let them come in. And so uh, <clears throat> he, was, he had a name that was uh, supposed to be he of the golden chariot, that was this Gandharva. He's very powerful. And so he started to uh, discharge his weapons at the Pandavas since they, they said, who are you? Who are you to say who can take a bath and when in the river? Uh, and uh, so Arjuna with his, with his uh, Agni weapon his, that he received from Agni, he was fire, could produce fire. He used it and he, he burnt the chariot of this Gandharva completely up and caused the Gandharva to fall down to the ground uh, uh, in, a, in a swoon. He would, didn't kill him, but he was in a swoon. And so Arjuna dragged him by the hair of the head to his brother Yudhisthira and was wondering what, what we should do with him. So here, here was an example. And, and so the, the Gandharva eventually told them, he apologized, and he told them that the reason that I stopped you from going in was that you're that you're wandering through the forest without a without a priest in front of you. And so, you know, the Pandavas, not knowing the area too well, uh, they had to be informed that there was a priest not far from where they were. And so, this person, uh, what was his name? Does anybody remember? 
Say it louder. Um, I'm not sure. I don't, that does not sound like the, but it was, it was something like, started with a D, didn't it? Started with a D. A Dumya? Maybe? Can't remember for sure. Anyhow, so they, they, they then took a priest. But, of course, they had to have somebody who was of a, a, a character that they would be willing to follow behind him. And so this priest later on, he, he played a major part in, in the, uh, in the, in when Yudhisthira Maharaj became the, uh, emperor after the Battle of Kurukshetra. Then this person was still there in Hastinapur, I believe, and was performing some, the priestly functions. So, priests generally use like, like this, they generally live very simple lives. And they depend on no fixed income. So, in other words, they just accept whatever charity comes to them. Just like Krishna tells us in Bhagavad Gita, we should be satisfied with that, uh, with the, with the, um, the wealth that comes of its own accord. In other words, we, we're entitled, he was telling Arjuna, we're entitled, you're entitled to perform your function. You're, you're, as a, as a warrior. But you're not entitled to the results. You should not ever accept the results as your own. You should always offer the results to the Supreme, to me, Krishna said. And so they have no fixed income, so they, uh, they, but still they have to remain independent of the leaders of society because they cannot be swayed. Quite often they will be asked to give advice. And if the leaders do not accept their advice, then the, then it really puts the, uh, the Brahmin priest, you know, it, it gives them reason to become angry and to leave that setting because, uh, uh, the people are not listening to their advice. One such person, it was Duryodhan, the, the son of the blind king Dhritarashtra. And he had, he had been advised by so many people, including Srila Vyasadeva. But he was not willing to accept their advice. And so you can imagine what position the, the priests would have in a society like that. Who would want to stay in a society like that? If their job was to give good advice to the, and counsel to the politicians to tell them how to, how to have, have a successful kingdom and how to keep everything very peaceful, who would want to stay with a person like Duryodhana in charge? So then they, they, they have to teach the populace about religious principles. So that's the, uh, one of the purposes of Srila Prabhupada was to establish a, 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 a society of Brahmins, Brahminical persons, who would be able to lead the society, uh, according to religious principles. So we, we've learned lessons like that from the Bhagavatam. Uh, one of the lessons that we learned early on from Srila Prabhupada was that we should keep our lives uncluttered. Means that we should, uh, we should just, dip, uh, get by, or we should, we should, we should just be concerned about having just enough wealth to maintain body and soul together. And, uh, Krishna says in the 18th chapter of, of, of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, um, this is the second verse in there. Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Kamyaman Kamya Kamyanam Karmanam Nyasam Sanyasam Kavaya Vido Vidhu Sarva Karma Palam Tagyam Prabhu Chagam Vichakshana 
Supreme Personality of Godhead said, the giving up of activities that are based on material desire is what great learned men call the renounced order of life, sannyasi. And giving up the results of all activities is what the wise call renunciation or tyaga. So Krishna is telling us that if, if, if you're going to be a leader in society, uh, then you have to give up the activities which are based on your material desires. And to depend on uh, as little as possible on others for income. So uh, Prabhupada gave us a family business of, of book distribution, uh, book printing and book distribution. And he said it, it, the idea was that we had to depend uh, very little on, on other people for our source of income. And in uh, chapter uh, 5 of the Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita, um, this is text number 22. An intelligent person does not take part in the sources of misery, which are due to contact with material senses. O son of Kunti, such pleasures have a beginning and an end, so the wise man does not delight in them. So uh, Prabhupada then has instructed us, uh, just get by on as little money as you can. He gave us the business of distributing books, which uh, many people find is not a practical thing for the lifestyle they wish to live. And uh, uh, many people wonder, well, what happened to the lifestyle that people were living during the time of Prabhupada? And we, we have to say that because of our own desires, that kind of lifestyle was not uh, sustainable. And uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, when he first came to this community in 1978, 77 maybe, right after Prabhupada's departure, he was assigned this community and the Dallas and the Houston community uh, for places to preach, as well as uh, St. Louis and Chicago. Eventually, it was narrowed down to just Dallas and, and Houston. Um, but um, he he came to the realization early on, this was like 1980, 79, 80, uh, he came to the realization early on that uh, people who were householders, who had already started having their families, children, they lived uh, in a successful lifestyle. Uh, they worked at an outside job to provide for their the income for their families. And so he realized that it was not going to be sustainable, practicable for uh, young people to come in and give up uh, the you know what they had already become accustomed to. And I think he looked around America and saw that uh, all of the churches, different kinds of churches, Catholic and Protestant, um, they were depending primarily on householders who were went out and made a livelihood. And so he said to all of the householders here in Dallas in 1980, 81, uh, that I, we, I want you to, I want you to go out and get jobs and support your families. And if you, uh, if you have money left over, uh, from support, give it to the temple. Or if you have a, a family member who does not have to work and doesn't have children to look after all the time, 
then they can engage in the in the deity service here in the temple. So that was his solution, and and he was he took a lot of flack for that because there were a lot of people saying you're not you're not doing it the way Prabhupada taught us to do it, and and yet uh, there had to be a change made because it was very clear that uh, young men were not often going to be able to wear saffron all their lives. So, in other words, they we were we were uh, we had become a grihasta community. And uh, there were four of us families that moved down from uh, the state of Tennessee where we were working. Two boys were living in Nashville, and two of us were living in Knoxville. And uh, we were working at that time. We had houses. We had families. And uh, we came here and tried our best to live in a communal way, but it didn't work. It just didn't work for us. So after I'd been here for about five months, uh, my wife and I left. And we decided to move to another temple where a, a new Taliban in Mississippi, uh, where I could leave, I could let my wife and children grow up in that community and I would work in New Orleans, drive back and forth each day. It was about an hour's drive. Uh, so, um, uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami, at that time, we had not accepted initiation. And so he, um, he asked us, uh, through a person that he sent by to see us during Christmas time. He asked us to please come back. He says, we have made some changes based in part on the fact that you and your wife left the community. We've made changes. And so, yes, it's all right if you want to live outside the immediate community, have your own house, provide for your own family. Uh, it's all right if you do that. As a matter of fact, we're requesting all the householders to do that. Well, I got a letter from him. I still have that letter in which he stated that. Uh, so uh, he made a change based on necessity because America was not like the India that Srila Prabhupada had grown up in. And so even Prabhupada made changes. Of course, we say he's the charya, so he can make changes to the way things have been done in the past. But um, after Prabhupada's departure, then those disciples who were very close to him were given the responsibility for running this, what was to become, what had already become, a worldwide mission. And so changes had to be made. And so, uh, um, there, as, I, as I said before, the, uh, there was a lot of, of argument and dissent about the change that Tamal Krishna Goswami made regarding this community in the Houston community. But he saw that what was going on was not working and would not work because uh, too many young men wanted to go out and get married. Uh, you know, as long as Prabhupada was present, a lot of young men were able to control their lusty desires. But it seems like after Prabhupada left, then uh, that changed. And uh, some were not able to do so. Some left the movement entirely. Uh, because they they could not do without the kinds of entertainment and enjoyment that they had known previous to coming into Krishna consciousness. But now, all that said, ISKCON is thriving today. We're opening new temples all over the world. We're engaging people, even in countries that uh, have political uh, um, uh, political leaders who are very much opposed to religious practices, Russia and China being two of them. Still, 
There are lots of devotees now in Russia, and there are devotees being made all the time now in China, mainland China. We're not talking about just Taiwan. We're talking about mainland China. And so uh, the leaders of, of our movement, International Society of Krishna Consciousness, have had to make certain decisions in order to spread the uh, the movement as it is. And somebody once uh, came to my Tamal Krishna Goswami and said, you know, things are just not the same since Prabhupada departed. And Tamal Krishna Goswami's response to that was, what do you mean he's gone? He's not gone. He's still here. He says, how is it, how is it possible otherwise that thousands of books can be distributed every year, millions of books, and, uh, and that new temples are being opened in other places? This couldn't go on without Prabhupada being here. So he, he, this is, this is his answer to that question about Prabhupada being gone and things, things were different. Sure, sure, some, we went through some difficult times, some rocky times during the early 80s. Uh, but still, now we've come out of it and we, we're, we're right now, Dallas community is as strong as I have seen it ever since the night, since 1979. A very strong community this is. And we've got a good leadership in this community, Nityanand Prabhu and Mother Manjwali, uh, who have come in and have given up a, a possible lifestyle of, of great opulence um, because he came from a wealthy family in Fiji, and he later on took his degree in, in law. Uh, so he could have had a very successful life, but he instead chose to follow the instructions of his spiritual master, Tamal Krishna Goswami. And therefore, we have the community such as we have it now. So we, we try to remain peaceful in the face of um, agitating circumstances. And we, there are a lot of agitating circumstances. And how does Krishna suggest that we do this? In the ninth chapter of, of the Bhagavad Gita, text number 34, Manmana Bhava Madmak Bhaktu Madhyaji Mam Namaskuru Mam Ivashasi Yuktuayvan Admanam Matparayana, engage your mind always in thinking of me, become my devotee, offer obeisances to me and worship me. Being completely absorbed in me, surely you will come to me. So Krishna has given us the way to do that, to remain steady um, in the face of so many difficulties that, that we're having to face all the time. So what do we do? We We gain some knowledge, we learn how to carry on our, our own devotional lives, and we learn how to help others within our community uh, to do so. We encourage others when chanting, following the principles of freedom, the four principles of freedom, otherwise sometimes, sometimes known as our four regs, our regulative principles, and then also disseminating knowledge. That's one of our one of our big functions is is just getting knowledge out, and uh, we we can do that both by preaching and by distributing uh, books. So, uh, uh, Lord Krishna says in the 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, the 68th verse, Yayidam paramam kuyam madbatiksh adbidasyati bhaktim mai param kritva mam evasyata samyaya samsaya. 
For one who explains this supreme secret to the devotees, pure devotional service is guaranteed. And at the end, he will come back to me. And so Lord Krishna also states in the, in the 18th chapter that um, one who who shares this intimate knowledge of me with um, with persons who are devoted, who are not envious. Uh, he says that there has never been one more dear to me than that person, nor will there be at any time in the future one who is more dear to me than he who disseminates that knowledge to other people who are faithful and, and who, have, who have gained a little faith and who are not inimical. So uh, there are ways then that we can help correct society and bring it back to something that approaches what has gone on in the past when there were really qualified leaders throughout the world. But we, there's only so much that we can do as individuals. So the main things that we have to do uh, is um, um, follow our vows, keep our vows to chant the holy names of the Lord. Uh, Prabhupada has has said 16 rounds a day of the Maha Mantra. And uh, we offer our foodstuffs to the Supreme Lord so that, uh, just as Krishna states in, in the, in the uh, Bhagavad Gita, Yagya Tat, no, what is it? Uh, Yagya, some, what is that? Uh, whatever, I can't remember the verse. It's just left my mind right now, but it, uh, the, the, the translation was something like this, paraphrased. It was, uh, devotees of the Lord are saved from all kinds of sinful reactions. Yagya Tat, Kamano Yantra Loko Yam Kamabandana Tat Artam Kamakuntia. I'm thinking of another verse. Anyhow, it won't come to me. But uh, he says that the devotees of the Lord are freed from all kinds of sinful activities because they offer foods which are offered, they accept foods which are offered first in sacrifice. Others who eat food only for personal sense gratification or prepare food only for personal sense gratification. Verily, eat only sin. So this is another way that we can gain some uh, peace in our lives by simply eating foods that have been offered first to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So chanting our rounds regularly, taking food that has been offered to the Lord, uh, associating with persons who are more advanced in spiritual life than we are, offering our help to those who are maybe a little younger in spiritual life than we are, uh, and in trying our best to get this knowledge all over the world, because it's only because of the ignorance that the world is in that it is having to suffer so much right now. Uh, the climate problems that we're having, the, the um, political situations between countries, all of these things can be cured simply by discontinuing performance of your religious activities. Hare Krishna. I think we'll stop here and ask, does anyone have any comments that they would like to make or questions that they'd like to ask? We were listening to the class from yesterday. Uh, uh, Vishnu Charan Prabhu gave a very scholarly class. He's, he's such a scholar when he gives a class here. Everybody know Vishnu Charan Prabhu? Yeah, he's, he's a very intelligent young man and gives a really good class. And uh, right at the end of the class, uh, 
my wife and I were listening to to it yesterday. That uh, Mr. Bogdan, you were here and you gave you had a question to ask, and uh, um, I was I was interested that there was another person who uh, asked the question. Uh, I actually spoke a little bit after. Do you know who that was? It, was that anybody who was here now? The person who asked who did not ask a question. Okay, visiting devotee. Okay, so uh, th- there are a couple of ways then that one could participate at the end of class, and one is by asking questions. And Mr. Bhagwan Prabhu is very good at that. Um, not a, he, he quite often he asks questions just to get the speaker to say something more. Uh, many times I think I have asked him to please give his point of view on it, and he refused to do so. He was wanting to hear from somebody else. And I think it's very nice to do that because that encourages the speaker to go on and talk about things. And that usually stimulates other ideas in other people's minds and stimulates questions that they might have. Uh, other people will simply um, give another short class after the class given by the speaker is already finished because they'll have something that they want to relate and it may go on for five or ten minutes after that. But anyhow, it's 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 very nice etiquette, uh, I think, Mr. Bargain Prabhu, to uh, to ask questions um, that are are related to what was was said in the class. But if anybody has any any questions that has come to mind, something you've been thinking about recently, maybe uh, wondering why things are as they are, uh, and you'd like to like to ask those questions now, this would be a good time to do so or make a comment. We have a, the roving microphone. Mr. Bungle. You were saying about how that Brahmin didn't like the, um, a, a government that where he couldn't give advice. So uh, we have, nowadays we have a, a government that comes up with things that... Can you speak a little louder, please? You said that there was a Brahmin that... That was uh, unhappy because he couldn't give advice to Duryodhan. That, that the, gov- the government he was up against was uh, unreasonable. And we also, nowadays, it's like it's gotten really unreasonable. The government tells us like to wear masks all the time. We have to wear these little face masks. And nobody can question that like like well we've been wearing the mask for two years and it hasn't stopped corona it hasn't even slowed down corona we only have more and more corona even though we're wearing the mask everybody's very obediently following these restrictions that are that just don't make any sense you know like we, we wear the mask but there's still more corona and more and more corona and you can't and all they say is, well, it's federal mandate that you have to wear the mask or that you have to take the vaccination. Then, well, look, uh, we notice that people who take the vaccination, they still get corona. But they say, well, you have to take the vaccination because it doesn't work. So back then, uh, should we just um, suffer under following all the different mandates that the government comes up with that, that seem to be just for trying to make people suffer? Or is, are we trying, is it our, should be, 
are we duty bound in some way to try to like protest these things or try to refuse? Because I notice that some devotees they're like that. Some devotees they want to just refuse to follow these things that don't make any sense, and then other people they feel like, well, we should just go along with it because you know we have to cooperate and. That's the right thing to do. How do you, what does the Bhagavatam say to do in, in, under circumstances like? Well, you know, I, I remember that Srila Prabhupada said we should follow the laws of the of the state that we happen to live in, the government. <clears throat> um, but now, as far as taking vaccinations and that sort of thing. Um, you you hear arguments on both sides from qualified people on both sides, <clears throat> and so I think um, first of all, if if the government says that you have to wear a mask, you, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the easiest thing to do is just to do it, and if that perhaps offers some protection, uh, then I'm glad I did it. And if it does not offer protection, then it doesn't matter to me. I don't. I don't mind being inconvenienced a little bit. Uh, please, all come up front, up to the. Uh, please come to the altar so that you can see their lordships. So um, I've got I've got some mixed feelings about that. I don't really know by listening to the arguments on both sides. I don't really know who is right. So I think I will just err on the side of caution. And I went ahead and had the three vaccinations. It, and as far as I can tell, it is not affected. It is not negatively affected my health. Gave me a sore arm for a couple of days, but really nothing more, much more than that. Um, so uh, when our when our government, our political leaders, they are always disagreeing about something or other. Um, sometimes they disagree with the president simply because he happens to represent the other party. Sometimes that happens. And uh, and they are really interested in getting back into power, or they are interested in maintaining the power that they already have. Uh, so they, they put forth their arguments and try to convince the American people of their own point of view. And so you get, you get your choice. You can listen to either one. <laughs> But if it's a law given by the state or, you know, like in, in the state of Texas, our, our governor here, he's, he's also had some things to say about uh, forcing people to wear masks. Um, you can choose to disobey that order, and it's possible you can, you can have some legal problems because of that. Or you can, you can carry out the order um, as, as much as you wish to, and, and perhaps that can help you to not get as sick as you might have otherwise. Uh, so hard to say, you know, unless you have a really godly king who is making the rules for the entire world or the entire kingdom. Uh, hard to say what is the what is the most advantageous thing to do. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, so I'm just simply depending. Now I do I look around and I have asked, oh, 
you know, what, what are the leaders in our ISKCON, our International Society for Krishna Consciousness, what are they doing? What do they recommend? And if they, if they make a recommendation, then I will certainly consider it very highly. Um, I, and then I, I might or might not uh, follow their example in doing things. But generally, we just try to, if we're going to make a mistake, we try to do so uh, on, the, on the side of caution. And that's about the, that's about all the recommendations that I could give to somebody else. Because we don't really know whether the medical leaders of our society society, the, the president of our society, I'm talking about the United States, we're very confident in we have to make uh, kind of make our own decision as long as we're following the laws of the state. Anything more? All right. We will end for today and thank everyone for coming. All of you who are listening in online or by telephone or radio, we very much appreciate your coming and associating with us this way. Those people who are also working here in the temple compound and uh and listening into the class over the intercom, uh we're we're glad that you were here also. So to all the the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, we will offer our respectful obeisances because you're um you're uh, you um what is it? Uh, we offer our respectful obeisances to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Shishivara Kalachanjidam ki jai, Gaur Premananda, Hari Hari Bo.